every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. What's going on brought to you today by The Warehouse. Join us on Friday for a football Friday at their brand Spanking New Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, price is so low it'll blow your mind. It's The Warehouse. Don't forget about their um, Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. Huge, huge news today. The Utah Jazz uh, are being sold from the Miller family to the Smith family, Gordon. And uh, what's going on today? We're going to check in with the other shows uh, and uh, hear what they had to say. And we're going to start with DJ and PK. But Gordon, um, it wasn't us this time, but it is really interesting when news like this or or big time news breaks during your show. Yeah. It, uh, (laughs) <laughs> it uh it's it's called juggling uh you know you just kind of a, you can be able to process this stuff out of out of your experience and P- dj and pk are, are very capable in that regard and i'm sure they were on top of it can you juggle gordon i can you can no way uh, i don't believe it either i i swear to you i can juggle not tasks no, not no. juggle tasks but like can, actual ju- like jug- juggling balls I can, I can juggle balls. I can juggle oranges. I can juggle fruit. I can juggle. I can't. I cannot juggle bowling balls or a chainsaw, but I can. I can juggle hmm. you know, orbs. I think uh, if orbs. I ever see, I think, <laughs> orbs. I think if I ever see you again, I'm going to have to make you prove this one to me. I swear to you, I can. I, I I've done it. Well, I, I haven't done it in a long time. I there used to we be go. Able to. Ah, there it is. No, no. Yeah, no I, in the excuse. Okay, okay. All right. Five hundred bucks. I, either I can do it or I can't. Which side are you going to be on that bet? And how long do you have to do it? And how many orbs? Yeah. Three. I, I, I'm not going to do four. I, I I can do three. Three for orbs. thirty seconds. No, like thirty minutes. Thirty <laughs> seconds. Anybody? <laughs> anybody? Anybody could juggle for thirty seconds. No, are you kidding? I can't do it for thirty minutes. I mean, but no, but I can juggle. I can juggle, I can, and I, I think I could. I think I could juggle continuously for at least ninety seconds. Do you go in between or do you go around? Uh, well, I go in between. I Left, guess, like, like so. Instead of a circle where it's yeah, just one following the other, you're crisscrossing them right. in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's where I do it. I don't even know the circle one even count as juggling. It's actually a lot harder, is it? Seems like it would be. I saw a guy one time. I, I was like on the old Johnny Carson show or something, or the Merv Griffin show. I saw a guy who juggled, and only he juggled. He, and there was a bowling ball, there was a chainsaw, and there was an apple. And he was taking bites out of the apple as he was doing this. And I'm like, how, how do you do that? And Merv, ba- and Merv looked at me and said, Gordon, boy, you're a good juggler. <laughs> Most of our listeners out there going, who the hell's Merv Griffin? That's a great Seinfeld episode. That is a great Seinfeld episode. pulls the old set out of the dumpster. And Kramer's just interviewing everybody in front of nobody. (laughs) That's so funny. It is funny. You seen that one, Gordon? No, I haven't. But I can go go, go Mike Douglas show, 
I can go Joey Bishop show. I mean, I, there were all kinds. Uh, even who was the one before uh, Carson? It was was it Jack Parr? Uh, I think I was it was. Uh, uh, I think it was below Parr. Our, <laughs> all our listeners who are ninety years old and older can uh, can vouch for me on that. Only ninety, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've you know I've, I'm I'm losing. Uh, contemporaries left and right. I mean. <laughs> let's not let's not take a, a turn for the grim. <laughs> Are you doing that on purpose, Austin? Doing what? What you're doing? Well, what am I doing? <laughs> I hear the Nile running behind. Oh you no, there. that's my new Zen waterfall. Whenever I get mad, I turn it on, and it's supposed to soothe my my. It's like a stress ball, but I have a Zen waterfall. Sorry, it's a it's a workplace condition. You actually can't talk about it. In fact, I, inform, I, I, I informed Austin before we came on this segment that I was going to run to the uh, to the restroom, and so he's 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 doing this on purpose just to just to get me. Yeah, why do you think I've been talking about juggling for the last five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, pl- you guys plan this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, 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 you go do your thing, Gordon. Let's check no, in. No, I'm fine. Let's I'm fine. I'll be listening to every word. Here's DJ and PK as news breaks their reaction uh, to the sale of the jazz. This is massive news. Wow. And if you're a jazz fan, I think it's uh, it's not necessarily good news that the Millers are going to sell majority interest, but it's the good news. That's not the point. The good news is Ryan Smith is a local man. Uh, you've seen him. You probably don't even know you've seen him. He does the <laughs> five for five. He's on the five for five commercials. He's standing in the middle there you know, holding up. He usually wears those flat brimmed ball caps. Uh, he was there at Mark Pope's press conference, spoke to him there extensively. We've had him on the show. He's a younger guy. I mean, I think he's, uh, what, maybe 40-ish or so, uh, which, well, ironically, I mean, that was what Larry Miller was in his time. Uh, about that, you know, within that same ballpark of uh, age group when he was making his way into getting uh, the jazz. So I would think, and I can't say this for sure, but I would think that as a jazz fan, you would see a continuation of the business as you've known it. Most importantly, they're going to be here. They're going to play in that arena. And he knows Dennis Lindsay and those guys because he's been around big time for many, many times over. They uh, they have close associations. You see them in the hallways at games and and whatnot. So it's like selling it, so to speak, to your neighbor, if that makes any sense. Neighborish, yeah, I get your point. Yeah, I mean, he certainly he's been in the building a ton of times. I've seen him talking to uh, jazz executives, and he's. Uh, I think the neighbor analogy works because he's very well known. You know, this isn't uh, this isn't a blind date, and they just met and decided to sell the team. Well, know? no, this is a, a relationship. The Seattle Sonic situation. Yeah, th- this is a relationship that's been built uh, over time. Yeah, and it's definitely, led, and has led to a massive bit of breaking news. <laughs> as it is. Scotty, as Scotty and Ann's totally replan their show. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Change that up on the fly. What was that, Yach? Say that on the air for everybody. We're going to carry the press conference live right at 10 a.m. Okay. There it is. Let's not be late to yeah. break, PK. This would be a bad day. This would be a bad day to be late to break. 30? Well, I mean, you could get on it. Uh, the media, you know, we can participate in Zoom, and, and I think I'm going to wear a suit. Good call. Good decision. <laughs>
<laughs> we didn't know when we had Ryan on for a couple of interviews that we were talking to the future boss. Oh, uh, but it doesn't surprise me. It is, a, it we, is a surprise. We've known for a while he wanted in. To the point yeah. that the rumors that linked him, and these have to be, I don't know, two years old, maybe more than that. The rumors linked him to the Suns if there would ever be an ownership move there. And then that kind of got knocked down like, yeah, Sarver's got his problems. They're not winning. The building's empty and everyone's upset, but Sarver doesn't want to sell. Right. <laughs> so, so all the other stuff, you know, that doesn't matter because the owner doesn't want to sell. Uh, Gail Miller, along with Larry, and then obviously Larry's been gone for about 10 years, but Gail Miller has been one of the stalwarts of the NBA in terms of model of consistency. Yeah. When we had her on uh, last month to talk about uh, the community college thing that they do for fundraiser for Salt Lake, and you asked her about all the social justice and activism that's been yeah. going on, I don't know that I heard a better explanation of all the explanations than what she said. I'd encourage people to go back and listen to it because she was absolutely just brilliant and spoke from the heart so you know i'm sad to see them not be involved uh, and then we'll find out to what extent if it's a complete separation and sale or whatnot but the fact that it's being sold to ryan smith and i'm not his buddy by any stretch but i've spoken to him a, many, a number of times i feel a level of comfort particularly for the jazz fan because and that's who i represent is the fan i didn't play the game i you know i didn't grow up in affluence or any of that stuff but my thought is that she'll be he'll be able to continue as going on, and that's great news for the Jazz fan. All right, there you go. That was DJ and PK. Their immediate reaction as the news broke this morning that the Miller family uh, will be selling the Utah Jazz and really most of Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment uh, to the Smith family, uh, Ashley and uh, Ryan. Gordon, did it, did you wash your hands? Everything all right? I did. Okay. I good, did. Good. Yes. We're, we're, I juggled, too. It's, uh, <laughs> I still, I still don't believe you. And even my <laughs> wife weighed in, by the way. She said, uh, she texted me on the old personal phone. She said, $500? Who's paying for that? And she added, Monson's betting range far exceeds anything I'd be comfortable with. Let's say $1 for every second he goes for. Hold on. Oh. The only, the only, no, the only reason I bring the money in is because I know I can juggle. So uh, if I'm going to make a bet for, like, incriminating audio or something, now, now who knows what might happen. But if I'm going to include a dollar figure, then chances are pretty good that I that I know uh, I I could do what I'm saying I can. All right. But I can't do it. I, I mean, there's no way I could do it over an extended period. I I can just juggle. I can juggle for a minute. Because that's not what you were selling a few minutes ago. It, it isn't. I thought I you said you were that. making it sound like you clear. were Bozo the Clown, like you just walk around uh, <laughs> juggling twenty four seven. No, that's not what I said. And now it comes down to like, oh, I could probably make it a minute. I I cannot. I can't walk around uh, the room juggling for half an hour. No, I can't do that. All right. I don't know. I've never tried, but I imagine that I probably couldn't do that right off the bat. But I can. I can pick up three oranges and juggle them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I said, next time I see you, I'm going to have uh, like uh, three bowling pins ready for you to juggle. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's Gordo the Clown, <laughs> and I'll have a unicycle for you as well. <laughs> yeah, that that is, uh, I'm I'm betting zero dollars on that one. Because <laughs> that would, all that would do is get me hurt. You don't want to hurt me, do you, Jake? No, no, I don't want that. That's true. My my brother knows how to unicycle. I do not, though. Oh. 
Well, I'm happy for you. You don't sound happy for me. All right, let's uh, let's move on to Hanson Scotty. Uh, here's okay. them talking about the the news and uh, mixing in some basketball ramifications as well. And let's go back to the decisions here. You got Jordan Clarkson, who's a free agent. You've got the Jazz now with um, a decision to make on Rudy Gobert. He's eligible for a supermax. Donovan Mitchell is going to get his max contract. Uh, and then you got Mike Conley coming off the books next year at $30 million, assuming he opts into the final year of his contract. So, And then you've got a salary cap situation right now where it could stay flat. It could go back $3 million, It could go back $15 million. We're not sure what that's going to look like. These are really uncertain times right now in the NBA. And there's a lot of decisions that the Jazz are going to have to make in these uncertain times to try to either build this team or rework this team in some way, shape, or form. So if you're going to have an owner who wants to come in and put his fingerprints on this team, now would be the time to do it because the league is in a – in a, I don't want to say precarious, but is in a really interesting spot in terms of how they're going to proceed. And then you've got uh, you've got player decisions on individual players with free agency, not just this summer, but next summer as well. And you need uh, an owner to come in and say, look, this is how I want to do things. And if you're going to establish that, now would be the best time to do it. So if the Millers were thinking about selling, which obviously they were, now would be the time to do it. Not wait a year, not wait three years. If you were thinking about uh, about this opportunity, now is the pro- probably the perfect time to do it. Mm-hmm. To allow the owner, you know, Ryan Smith, to be able to rework the team the way he sees fit. When you think about the Utah Jazz, it, you think about a couple of staples for Ryan Smith, the new owner, to lean on. Donovan Mitchell will be a staple that he can lean on. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich could be a staple that he can lean on. Boyan Bogdanovich, Scotty, is still wrapped up for the next three years, at least contract extended yeah. out for three years. Um, so you've got Boyan Bogdanovich to lean on as he comes back from his injury. And and remember, Boyan went and got that procedure so he could be back for the 2021 season. Yeah. So Boyan should be back and healthy. You've got Joe Ingles wrapped up for a couple of years. So you lean on Joe a bit for that, that veteran presence. You've got Royce O'Neal locked up for – I think it's the 2024 season. Royce O'Neal? Yeah. He's locked up. Yeah, yeah. So you can lean on Royce O'Neal. And, and outside of that, now you're really trying to build. We can all assume that Mike Conley is going to take his player option. Yes, absolutely. He's going to take that $34 million player option. That's going to happen. But as you mentioned, Scott, you lean on the guys that I just mentioned and then – You've got some really big decisions to make in regards to the direction of your organization. And I will tell you this, the largest by a mile is going to be the decision made with Rudy Gobert. Yes. Yep. Even Donovan Mitchell makes the decision easy for you. Like that's not even a decision. You just do everything you can to stabilize that relationship and to stabilize that contract and to keep Donovan Mitchell with your organization. That's not a lot of decision. That's just a lot of work. With Rudy Gobert, it's a big decision. What's the direction you want to go with your team? Do you want this to be a defensive-minded team where your money is wrapped up in a big-time defender? Or do you want to take that money and figure out a different route and and evaluate what you want your team to look like? Because Rudy Gobert, with that amount of money that he will control, he's going to control the identity of your team. 
and the identity of your salary cap too. Yeah. Because and and Frank, okay, let's let's put you're Ryan Smith, okay, and you're you've been talking to Gail Miller throughout the years about trying to purchase this team. Wouldn't you want to get in on this team right now before these decisions are made, particularly with Rudy? Yes. And not saying he's. Oh, it's a great point, Scotty. And I'm not saying he's pro Rudy against Rudy, this, but this this individual signing or extension, whatever Rudy gets, is going to. This is the fork. Yeah, exactly. Because which, which way are we going? Uh, you know, I remember when uh, Andre Karolinko got that massive contract. Now, granted, that was I think it's seven years. You don't have those those kind of contracts now in terms of length of years, but that saddled the Jazz for a long time and really you know, prohibited the Jazz from making some decisions that they would have liked to have made earlier. So, and I'm not, look, I'm not saying it's a good decision, it's a bad decision. I'm just saying that if I'm an owner of a team or I'm thinking about buying a team, I want to get in and know every angle and every thought on that decision that's being made. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's the right time to get in. All right, there you go. That was Hanson Scotty having a, a conversation, and we alluded to it back in the two two o'clock hour Gordon but the Rudy Gobert thing is a huge decision so whether the timing uh, that was influential in the timing of the sale or not um, it's it's a really big decision for the future of the franchise and how that situation plays out is a is a really big deal do you think that the the that this needed to be announced before what I'm saying is could could this have been managed even though the uh, the exchange was going to happen even before it happened, so that you know, Ryan would be given full, um, you know, sort of say. I honestly don't know. I'm not sure. But, I mean, that's a big decision. We can we we will talk about that a lot in in weeks to come. So, uh, <clears throat> and much like uh, what Scotty was talking about with the AK situation. I mean, AK was popular, and I don't mean for this to be as negative as it's going to sound, but in a weird way, he was the reason that that generation of Utah Jazz teams wasn't able to get over the top and win a title. Yeah. Maybe there were some um, others too, but they could not go out and add the pieces that they needed to add because they didn't have the financial flexibility to do so. Yeah. So uh-huh. if if you're going to give Rudy Gobert that percentage of the salary cap, um, that that's that's a big, big thing because that will affect how the Utah Jazz run their business for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, agree on all counts. So, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it would, wouldn't it be interesting to know what Ryan thinks about all that? <laughs> it would be. Uh, and, and maybe I mean, his, maybe thing, his answer is is pay everybody everything you possibly can, and uh, we'll all cover that luxury tax bill. Let's go. I don't know. Right. But well, here, here, here's the thing about it that, that, that he's a really smart guy. But. Part of being smart is knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. And so I, if, I, if I'm Ryan Smith and I got uh, $5 billion and I just purchased the Utah Jazz and, or majority interest in it, and, and I go into a to talk with Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck and Quinn Snyder, I, I am talking to them at length about what their opinion is about all this stuff. And if they think he, he's worth whatever that dollar figure is going to be, then you got to be smart enough to know that, hey, you know, I, I play pickup basketball every day, which Ryan does, but that doesn't make me a basketball expert. You know, I, I, I watch Rudy Gobert play just like everybody else does. Does that make me an expert on, on uh, what, what should be done with him? 
or how much money should be offered him. No, you got to talk to the people that are in positions for good reasons. And I've always found that fascinating because the, the smartest people I know know what they don't know, and they depend on people who do. You're talking about me, right? Well, you're one of the one of the <laughs> elite few. Thank you, know. you, thank you. All right, thank you. I thought you were. Talking I'd agree about with that. you, yeah, Gordon. Yeah. But then we'd both be right. <laughs> see, see, and I'm and I'm one of the people you talk to. One hundred percent. All right. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for twenty first century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We will take a slight break from the jazz news today talk to tanner mangum uh the former byu quarterback coming up right around the corner we'll uh, we'll get a little football discussion in but obviously we're we're heavy into the news of the day david Locke will be with us at five and tim lacombe will be with us at five thirty. so make sure and stay tuned it is the big show 97.5 and 1280 the zone show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 12.80 the zone thank you very much for making us a part of your day we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna take a break for a moment uh, from talking about uh, the utah jazz and the sale uh to the smith family gordon we're gonna talk a little byu football coming up here momentarily with tanner mangum get his thoughts on uh, the hilltoppers game going down this weekend yeah yeah that's uh i can't wait <laughs> you could show a little enthusiasm there, Gordon, you know? You could be like, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, regardless of who BYU is playing, they're fun to watch. So it, it's always fun to see what uh, what the Cougars are, are up to next. Because really at this point against teams like this, it's not about winning. It's about the standard to which they play. And I think uh, Nick Saban has talked about that when the – the Crimson Tide are up against teams that are overmatched. That he uh, he uh, keeps a close eye on what how they should be playing, not uh, what the results are, and that makes sense. Of course, when they go up to Boise to play the Broncos up there, then that's that's all about winning. Uh, the the uh, the Cougars will take that one if it's by half a point. Well, let's get out of the zone phone, uh, talk to the former BYU quarterback, our good friend Tanner Mangum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good to hear from you. It's going great. Uh, taking a little break from the, the big jazz news today. You have any thoughts? Any thoughts on uh, the sale of the Utah Jazz? And it's huge. Uh, shout out to Ryan Smith and his, and his, uh, and his wife. Um, ah, no, now I'm forgetting. Ashley. Ashley, mm-hmm. yes. Ryan Ashley, I mean that's big time. I uh, I got to meet Ryan a couple of times, and uh, obviously he's done amazing things with Qualtrics, and it's pretty cool to kind of see the the next step. I know that he's always been interested in owning an NBA team. I know that there are even other teams that he considered reaching out to, but it's cool that he's staying home and uh, kind of transforming. Uh, I guess starting the next chapter, if you will, of the, of the Utah Jazz organization I, I think it's exciting I, I, I'm you know anxious to see what the future holds I know the Millers uh, have just been le- absolute legends and can, will continue to be um, but it's exciting to see what the uh, the next chapter is for, for the uh, Smith family and, and the jazz organization 
What were your impressions of Ryan Smith when you uh, when you met him, uh, Tanner? Oh, very sharp. Obviously, I think you have to be into uh, to 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 basically start from scratch and just build this small software company into what it is today. So very sharp, very um, very intelligent, very uh, socially adept. Just you know, knows how to read people, knows how to work with people, uh, knows how to, um, I guess see the future if you will very clairvoyant strategic knows what works and what doesn't um you know i i, I think he just you know he has he has his stuff together if, if that makes sense he you can just tell that he is very sharp and on top of things and and um i i think this i i would assume that this acquisition was uh years in the making for him uh at least in his mind um uh, I, I bet he was just you know maybe thinking about his next steps and Obviously, the fight for the fight contribution and the the, uh, the jersey uh, deal to have the fight for the fight patch on the uniforms was was a step in that direction. But I I, I bet he's been uh, eyeing this opportunity for a while, and um, so I, I think he's very strategic. So he's going to be looking at the next, you know, what, what are the next steps? What, what how can he take you know Utah the Jazz organization to that next level? What what th- what changes can be made? What um, New things can they try? Uh, I think just just similar to a business that, that he grew from nothing to what it is now. I think he's going to take those same principles and apply them here. Tanner Mangum with us, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Let's switch gears to talk a, a little BYU football as the Cougars continue to roll. What uh, in a lopsided matchup when we've had a bunch of them, I know, but uh, against uh, Western Kentucky, what are you looking for this week from BYU? What is uh, catching your interest? I think. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be more of the same. I think if it's if if they're going to continue to make this case as a top ten team, if they're going to start flirting with the playoff uh, possibility, they ha- it has to be more of the same. And, and by more of the same, I mean dominance, uh, efficiency, um, execution. The Houston game, going back a couple weeks now, was was a good test for them, and, and we knew that going into it that it was a little bit better competition, uh, going to have a little bit more on their plates, and they faced some adversity in the game, and it was finally uh, a, a close, uh, closer matchup. But then they they made plays when it mattered most. They made plays when it counted, and so that was good for them. But then obviously last week back to another drubbing, another blowout, um, which is good. Because that's 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 what it should be. If you're going to play these these lesser talented teams, you should show what you're capable of. And especially now that Big Ten's back, uh, Pac-12's coming back. You know, now the field is much more packed as far as ranking goes, and so those schools are going to be getting some more looks. And in today's day and age, with with football, you look at the top teams. You look at Clemson. You look at Alabama, Ohio State. You know those teams put up points. They uh, they have juggernaut offenses, which is interesting because in, in years past, uh, you know, the, especially the SEC was known for its defense. You look at it now; it's an offensive offensive conference, and so the, you know the world of college football is evolving, and BYU has adjusted now. Finally, uh, finally uh, made made the changes necessary to 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 have a more explosive offense, and so they, they need to continue to show that, uh, and then the defense obviously needs to continue to play lights out. If they want to continue to build their their uh, credibility and increase their chances of, of of climbing higher in the rankings, 
Tanner, what specifically are you seeing out of Zach Wilson, both his body language, his performance on the field, uh, the, the way he goes about his business, uh, the way he approaches the line of scrimmage? Well, it, to me, it's just absolute swagger and confidence. I mean, he's he's playing so confident. And, and I saw that firsthand in 2018, even his first spring ball. He was uh, fresh out of high school, graduated high school early. So he's just a you know, young 18-year-old kid. But even then, he had a confidence about him. He wasn't afraid to uh, to be a little cocky, to, to have a little attitude to him. Um, and and it's, it's – you, you can see it now. I mean, he he, just, he knows what he's capable of. He I mean, he, he studies the game. He knows the game inside and out. A lot of people have talked about it, but he's very knowledgeable, very high football IQ, and just and so he's able to just process the game. He knows what the defense is giving him. He knows his offense much better now. This is his third year in it, and they've adjusted the system. They tailored it to his skill set. They've allowed him to have more creativity, more creative freedom. A lot of uh, you know Roderick, Fessy, uh, and and then and then Grimes, of course, together have finally guys loosened the reins on the offense over the last few years and just gotten a lot more creative, a lot more explosive, dynamic. And Zach, that plays his Zach's skill set. You know he can and just too. go out, take risks, make throws on the field, and just play confident, play loose, and play free. Tanner, uh, Tanner, I'm curious to know. Who do you think is smarter, Zach uh, Wilson or, or Jake Scott? Wow, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> no, I just you were talking about your your mental capacity earlier in the show, and so I just I, I wondered, you know, what he thought about. I, I am not a judge. You, you can't get me into that trap. I'm not. I'm not a judge <laughs> of uh, intellectual ability here. But I mean, I'll say this: football IQ. Uh, I'll go with Zach. Yeah, uh, you will he, too. He's a, he's a he's a very smart quarterback he, he's very uh um i guess intellectual when it comes to offenses defensive schemes um just understanding situations and and, and i think it's combined now he's combined that with with his physical ability all the pieces are falling into place for zach he's got he's not going he's not going to he's not going to throw those passes he throws unless he's extremely confident like you talked about Exactly, exactly. He's got the confidence, but he's got he's always had the ability, but now he has great players around him. He's got a solid offensive line that's giving him all kinds of time. His receivers are now veterans, they're experienced. Uh, the system is much more open, much more loose. The the system is allowing him to play faster, to play freer, to take shots down the field and the coach and, and the coaching staff has has a, has a, has a created a, you know, a, a system around him to, that allows him to thrive, and then you add in the fact that you're playing lesser talent that only helps as far as you know having big numbers, you know throwing the ball down the field, getting guys open, and you know, that only helps. So all the pieces are falling into place, which is uh, obviously helping him have a monster year. All right, Tanner, I have a two-part Boise State question for you. First and foremost, uh, if you had a chance to see them play Utah State, what was uh, what was your impression? And second, and this is coming from me who uh, dislikes Boise State fans, uh, did you enjoy shattering their uh, their hopes and dreams when you picked BYU? <laughs> Part one, I did not have a chance to watch. Okay, so I can't I can't speak to it. I can't speak to how they look. So I need I need to uh, to, to study up. Next week, I'll be uh, more well versed on uh, Boise State's team this year. 
part two, absolutely. It was one of the <laughs> funnest games of my life. Uh, just because I grew up five minutes from Bronco Stadium. Uh, well, I guess now it's um, Albertson Stadium. So they they yeah, changed yeah. the name. But And I was a huge fan. I mean, BYU and Boise State were my teams. Every Saturday, I would always look forward to their games. And in high school, I played, on, played games on the blue turf. Boise State recruited me the heaviest, the hardest out of anyone. Uh, Chris, Chris Peterson was one of my favorite coaches to, uh, to talk to, to work with. And so, you know, it, it was very hard to, to say no to them. Um, and, but, so then that being said, come 2015, here it is. It's my first start ever. It's a home game coming off the Nebraska game, and I get to play against, lo and behold, Boise State. You know, this is, it's just, it, it kind of came full circle. Like, what a, what a cool opportunity. And so I knew all, you know, everyone back home would be watching and all the Boise State fans were, would be tuning in. And I knew some players on the team as well. And uh, so then to, to, to win in that fashion was, uh, was pretty cool. It, just, it, just, it was, uh, I guess, very rewarding. And, uh, but I didn't have too much luck against them after that. <laughs> but 2015 was a, was a fun one. Tanner, uh, since you were so close to that program, do you have an explanation for how they went from being what they used to be to what they are now, a, a national program? It's, it's all, it all comes down to kind of something that I mentioned earlier about teams adjusting, and that's what Boise State did. They, they innovated. They finally – they were one of the most innovative teams. They were ahead of, ahead of the curve. They were ahead of their peers in a lot of ways. They became much more creative offensively. Uh, much more dynamic, explosive, and then and then that led to first winning games because in order to recruit you have to win to attract talent. So they started winning some games, and then they, and then they just recruited like crazy. I mean they were getting talented guys from California, Texas, Florida, um, you know all across the country. They didn't limit themselves to just the West. They they went everywhere, and uh, they had a lot of guys go to the NFL, which is crazy to think about. Like this is a small Boise State team, but they had NFL talent, and so that was obviously a credit to their coaching staff for going out and finding those players. And then you saw it firsthand against uh, against Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, talk about innovation, those trick plays, the uh, the you know just unexpected, um, explosive plays. They just did things differently. They were ahead of the curve. You know, teams weren't expecting that, and then uh, it just became this small powerhouse. And, and then it it helped playing in the Mountain West because you could dominate. You know, when you, when you go eleven and one, twelve and zero, twelve and zero, and I think Kellen Moore in his career was fifty two and three. You know, when you can win every game, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to attract talent because talent wants to go. Players want to go to a program that's winning, that's successful. And players want to go to a program that's getting players to the NFL. And Boise State was, was doing that and, and has done that. And sure, they've had a couple of years here and there where it's not as strong. But overall, you look at their body of work in the last 15 years, it's incredible. They just totally became one of the more innovative programs in the country. And other teams are catching up and kind of seeing what, they, what they've done. But to answer your question, I think that's what, that's what took them to where they are now. Tanner, thank you as always. We appreciate it, buddy. Nope. Thanks, guys. Always always happy to, to hop on and chat. And thanks for not thanks, calling me th- dumb. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, thanks for your honesty in regard to, to Jake's IQ. <laughs> hey, I didn't call you not dumb. I just I said I would no, no comment. <laughs>
<laughs> Sometimes that's all you got to say. That's enough. All right. Thank you, Tanner. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you. Tanner Mangum, our good friend, of course, former BYU quarterback. I had to put that in there. Random shot. Now i gotta, oh, I got to be playing defense. Usually that's my role. I know. You do that all the time, and then I do it, and you go, wow, that was random. That came out of nowhere. That's how this show works. Next week, ask Tanner who's smarter, Zach Wilson or Gordon Munson. All right. The revenge question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that answer better be right. <laughs> uh, ask him uh, who's smarter, the uh, the Gordon or, or uh, the chair you're sitting on right now? <laughs> I'm kidding. That would be really mean. <laughs> the chair that I own? No. <laughs> no, I can take it. It was funny. It was funny. Uh, it, you know, uh, painting, uh, as I do to you, painting our guest into the awkward position of insulting the other host. It's, <laughs> it's a delicate art. It really and is. <laughs> and you are so good at it, my friend. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Tanner. That was really great. We'll get that up online, 1280thezone.com. We have some jazz breaking news coming up next. Not not to, not breaking to the level that it broke <laughs> earlier today, but uh, some news uh, related to the sale. We'll get to that next. 97.5. So it's a slight, a slight fracture. Uh, a little crack. Yeah, exactly. A little cracking news coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Got a win ticket Wednesday today. Stay tuned. Don't call now. Stay tuned. It is a win ticket Wednesday. We've got tickets to the uh, snowmobile show going down this weekend. So make sure and stay tuned for that. Gordon, we have some breaking news from Tony Jones, our good friend from The Athletic. He tweets out, he says, just to piggyback on the news of the day, for the time being, Gail, uh, Gail Miller will retain a 20% share of the Utah Jazz. So that's one of those uh, unanswered questions. We knew that uh, the Smith family bought uh, uh, the majority stake in the franchise, but uh, the Millers are going to hang on to 20%. So that means he paid $1.66 billion for 80% of the club? I, I, were you su- surprised? Maybe that's not the right word, Gordon. What did you think about the, the valuation, the deal they came to? That sounded about right to me, but uh, Forbes, I, I don't really. Forbes' last estimate, by the way, had it at 1.5, or it might have been 1.55. I'll have to double check. But so, you know, if, you, if you're going by that, they got above market, which probably isn't a huge surprise. Yeah, if what Forbes said was accurate. Uh, you know, if you're within <laughs> that close range, then uh, who knows what the variables might be. But uh, do we know what uh, Ryan Smith's net worth is? Uh, I'm sure you could uh, type it into the old Google machine there, Gordon, and, and get a ballpark, but uh, I'm not sure. I know uh, his well, uh, Qualtrics sold for 8 bill, right? And he had the majority, he and his family had the majority of the company, but I don't know what he walked away with. Well, he's uh, he certainly can afford it then. And I think that was really important to Gail Miller. Do you think she wants – see, th- some people who are worried about th- this transaction, there is no way, no way in hell – that Gail Miller would sell this franchise to an owner who she didn't think would be a good uh, caretaker. You know, it's just, uh, this is too important to the legacy of Larry. And, uh, boy, wouldn't it be fun to talk with Larry on a day like today? 
but anyway, uh, I, I, she is so conscientious and smart and sensitive that I think, uh, and sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little biased when it comes to Gail Miller. I think she's just a terrific person, but she's really smart and savvy too. And so I, I just don't think that this, this thing that they preserved and created and carried on and turned into what it is, there's no way she's going to hand that off to somebody that she thinks is incompetent or, or uh, not caring in some way or another. Gordon uh, Smith's real-time net worth as of today is $1.3 billion, according to Forbes. $1.3? That's, See, n- I- that's nothing to sneeze at there. Yeah, but he just paid 1.66. Well, there you go. His real-time net worth as of Wednesday is 1.3. I don't believe that. I think it's more than that. You know more than Forbes? Yeah. Well, I don't think he's showing up with a suitcase full of money, Gordon. I mean, I think, <laughs> you, you know, there's some financing and things involved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's not How rolling you, around you? like you with, uh, with a, a big wad of cash in his pocket. I only have one Porsche. Yeah, well, it's uh, he's. Uh, I think that's something that was important to Gail, to to hand it off to somebody who would take good care of it. And obviously, he is tied to Utah. It's not like he's some uh, some uh, corporate raider coming in from some other place who is just going to look for some sort of flip. Of well, some sort. Uh, yeah. to back you up, just a, just a comparison. It's not like when. Um, Howard Schultz sold the Sonics right. to what's that guy's name? Is it Clay Bennett? Does that sound yeah, right? Clay Bennett, uh, who's like that. directly tied to Oklahoma City, and it was a very uh, poorly kept secret that that's exactly why he bought it. In fact, you, you're right. David Locke joins us at uh, at five o'clock. He was in Seattle. He was like right in the middle of that whole thing. So yeah, this is much different than that because uh, he is he is local. He's here. He's invested in the community. And he's probably most importantly committed to the Miller family that uh, is not going to move the franchise anywhere. You you missed uh, the part at the beginning of the show, Gordon, where I said uh, uh, I think we should nip that storyline right in the bud. I'm already tired of talking about that. Yeah. Are the Jazz going to move? Well, but They're that's not. that's but that's a first what people think. You know, that's the first thing that comes. That's a concern that they have that comes to their mind. And and then they want that that quenched as quickly as they can possibly get it quenched. Well, I don't know how so. much more they can do to quench it, by yeah. uh, except for Gail sell, saying, "I sold it to him because he wasn't going to move it," and the Smiths themselves saying, "We're not going to move it." Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I get it why people have the questions. I just uh, I'm already tired of hearing them. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I yeah, this is going to be interesting to see what happens next because of all these decisions that you brought up that the Jazz have to make moving forward, and you've got to be willing to pay a, a decent amount of money to to just stay afloat in the NBA. There are some owners who that's not their concern. They all they want to do is make a little money, and uh, they don't care about winning championships. I think this guy does. Uh, based on what I know, and you and I have talked with Ryan Smith, he seems pretty motivated I think so. uh, to go beyond just sort of treading water. Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of passion. That's for sure. He's passionate. Yeah. Uh, he's a passionate jazz fan. He's a passionate basketball fan. I mean, he was he was gung ho as you mentioned earlier to get into the uh, you know the NBA ownership ranks. I, that was one of his goals. The Jazz aren't the only organization that he talked to. So yeah, when we have Tim Lacombe on, he'll tell us some great stories 
I talked with him this morning, and he'll he'll tell some fantastic stories about Ryan Smith, and he knows him well and uh, can give us some inside information about him and his way of doing business, his way of his demeanor, uh, what he's motivated to do. Because Tim, obviously a basketball expert, has uh, discussed some of these things with Ryan through the years, and uh, he's pretty convinced that uh, that the there's not only good intentions here. But there is, uh, as Bum Phillips once said, it, that door will be kicked in. Only he added a few expletives. I know. Yeah, that's why it was my idea to have Tim on the show coming up at 530. Yeah, that's a good idea on your part. Thank you. I appreciate that. Stay tuned. We'll have more big, big show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.